0: Hello and welcome to the Leadership of Fools. We are back for a cheeky little part two. We've still got the dinghy floating lazily in the harbour. And the two of us uh, you know, are just back for a more mid, you know, between-season chats. A little bit of hiatus conversatus. That's what we're all about here on the Leadership of Fools.
1: I love it, Rick Brown. And uh, you did mention the two of us, but we've been joined by a furry friend. Oh,
0: no lazy Sail in the harbour is complete without a a good furry friend to uh, keep us company, make us feel like life is uh, not so shabby.
1: So, uh, introducing Digby, the Labradoodle, who's meant to be downstairs... Uh, and has decided to come upstairs to the studio.
0: So we might be completely distracted this entire podcast. Yes. Um, but geez, this is an unexpected podcast, Colin. It is. You've really just you sprung it on us uh, because of the, the wave of momentum that struck after the, the first little cheeky holiday podcast that we put out uh, with all the uh, a plethora of business insights, uh, leadership insights that people had shared with us. Um, and just more kept coming in, Colin.
1: Sorry, just as Digby uh, shakes and heads back downstairs. Uh, you are absolutely r- right, Rick. In fact, I was genuinely delighted, proud, impressed. Uh, we have a number of uh, people submitting their leadership insights. In fact, some of them said, I think we've missed missed the boat. But uh, in the spirit of sharing these wonderful yep. uh, lessons with everyone... Yep. We Someone a bit, st-
0: anyone stingier than you, Colin, they might have, been too- they would have said, too late, you missed out, you missed the boat. Uh, so, you know, you had a deadline to get your insights in, you missed it, um, so suck it up. But you know what you said, you said, let's do another bloody podcast.
1: Yes, and I'm wondering whether that actually is my leadership style. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talk a lot about accountability yeah. and holding standards and uh, don't necessarily live that myself.
0: Well I think it's good and I'm glad to be back here uh just ripping out another podcast it's good fun.
1: So we tried to go with 12 last time. Yep. And you might recall that we didn't end up with out. 12. We did blow, blow out. Well this time we're going to be a, a fraction under. Ooh. I think we're aiming for 8. 8 Yes. Is
0: that a hard eight or soft eight? Do you reckon we're gonna uh, end uh, up with ten or six or what do you reckon's going <laughs> well, you, on here? You never
1: quite know <laughs> when we're on when we're on air, so let's go with eight okay. at this stage. Lock so, in uh, eight. We'll lock in eight. With
0: the fourteen from last time, that's twenty two. Um so it's, that's that's not, not it's a nice symmetrical number. Um it's all the twos. Um I'm happy to go with that. But this is we've had fourteen. Here's the subsequent eight that didn't quite make the first cut <laughs> it's, because They just weren't on time, right?
1: So let's start with Nat Fien, the wonderful Nat Fien, who's been a guest on the podcast several times, and uh, delightful to hear from you, Nat. In fact, this one uh, I almost want to just read it verbatim. Just give you the, the whole piece, and Rick, love your reactions.
0: All right, I'm 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 all ears.
1: So the leadership, sorry, what was that word? Leadership insight. You got it. Is women your time is now. There's never been a time when the spotlight has been on gender diversity and equality as it is now. Mm-hmm. Women, now is your time. I've mentored, mentored so many aspiring female leaders and the common thing that gets in their way is confidence. Women, waiting for someone to tap them on the shoulder or give them permission or a leadership role. Ladies, be the person you want to be in the future today. Don't wait. Your time is now. Don't let a lack of confidence get in the way because really what are you waiting for oh
0: gee that is um i mean that's almost a call to arms i love it um and no one's better place to talk about women's issues than uh us two guys sitting here recording a podcast we are i mean we know we know more about it than most people uh, let me mansplain the situation for you everyone No, uh look that really needs little explanation she has laid that out for anyone to understand i love it confidence
1: Uh, What's particularly great for me is Nat was uh, very passionate about uh, us putting the Me Too episode in place, which was a very popular episode and it was part of season one. And it was actually quite a defining episode in terms of, it was a, a moment where we actually, she literally just called me and says, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. So much so that I've actually just re-released that podcast Beautiful. to make it easier and more accessible for so everyone. if
0: anyone out there listening has not caught that episode, stop now, go listen to it and then come back.
1: So in the spirit of this, that's number one. Thank you, Nat. And in some respects, Nat, you've actually set the agenda uh, for at least the next couple that are um, about to we're about to explore so number two is from melissa donald and again i'm almost tempted to read these they they actually just you know capture the the moment
0: thanks melissa welcome to the podcast this
1: year i've been inspired by people being bold and standing up for their vision and values um and she's given some examples for us Including, and this is a this is probably an Australian centric piece, but the, as it should be, because we a, are in Australia. Yeah, it is the students protesting against climate change in action. That was
0: powerful stuff.
1: It's the men and women in Parliament taking a stance on gender equality. Yes, and to all leaders focused on the success and well-being of their people. There you go. So, um, my daughter Rose, uh, was super keen, super keen to. Uh, Go to the protest, the climate change protest. Mm-hmm. But uh, she had school, so she could. She had you school. Said, Sorry, you got to go to school. Yep, that's, that's right. the rules That's the rules. And the school actually did, you know, play a little hardball around all of that, wow. and she ended <laughs> up. You uh, got to
0: call their bluff, Rose. You got to call their bluff.
1: <laughs> so I think I think it's fantastic. Um, and I'm again, I'm not trying to underplay that in any way. I think what we see in 2018, at the end of 2018, is a point in time where people actually care, mm-hmm. and they're prepared to make a stand around it, and you almost can't describe leadership any more clearly. Yeah. The ability for people to fight for a cause, to make a stand for a cause, um, I think what's...
0: It's making a comeback, isn't it? Passion it was, around issues. There was a sort of a, I don't know, turn of the century, turn of the millennium malaise I was, think so. wasn't there? Everyone was just like, I don't know, it's the year 2000 now, I'm not sure what's going on, I don't care about anything anymore. Um, and but now it seems to start picking up again. Yeah, no the, passion.
1: Yeah, the, I think you're right. There was genuine apathy at one stage. Yeah, that's what it, was, it felt like. Yeah, so we're, um, we're seeing a difference. I think what makes this, um, and again, I yeah, just I'm sitting there trying to make sense of it. I think what makes it complicated is um, what issue to actually believe in. Oh, just
0: pick one. It doesn't <laughs> even matter. Just really pick and stick. Are you serious? Oh, mate. Oh, just throw it. Darted board and just believe in something. No, I, you really should actually truly believe. I joke, of course. Um, you can't fake belief. People have tried through the years. Never mm-hmm. works. Um, but once you once you do pick and stick, uh, you have gotta. I reckon you gotta you gotta back yourself. You gotta back the cause.
1: And I'm going to apologise if anyone can hear Digby's um, oh, he's not dog breath. <laughs> I can hear him just just underneath me, he, and he's yeah. going up and down. Up and down those stairs. I feel like you had this sorted out
0: last time we're in here recording, Colin. Um, But this time you've gone real (laughs) loosey-goosey. It's it's um, complete. And this dog... um, So I reckon you're going to listen back to this episode and go, either we must always have the dog or we must never Never have the dog. Never have the dog. This this episode will decide your viewpoint on what you're going to do going forward vis-a-vis the dog.
1: And uh, my apologies, therefore, to Melissa. I do... um if this is uh, the presence of Digby is anyway underplayed the power of your message and I but I think you're absolutely right it's um it's I am so interested and curious as to when this phase will move into a, the, the phase of normality and and what I'm saying by that is it's just a phase of um, genuine disruption genuine confusion uh, genuine really challenging but we will actually find our water level with this mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to be just so curious where that's going to be I am confident it's going to be better than where we were before that's the
0: spirit Colin God bless your optimism oh thank you Rick
1: Jane Sadler number three uh, field. yes Jane Sadler a wonderful consultant uh, a, a peer of mine and this one actually um, this one <laughs> Got me really—I uh, don't know what the word is—maybe uh, quite emotional and quite. I was quite moved by this one.
0: In your heart feels. Get, yeah, got you in a, the heart feels. There was
1: a genuine heart moment there. So Jane uh, actually reflected on her business partner and colleague, a person I also know, um, Karen Barr, who's mm-hmm. a, also an incredible coach consultant, and um, this year. Karen... 2018. Yeah, was a live kidney donor... Wow. ...to her sister Louise.
0: Oh, I mean, that is something.
1: That is something.
0: Need a kidney? I got one. <laughs> Take it. I, what does it mean, live? Like a live... I mean, oh, because she's alive. That's what that means. I've thought it through. I mean, the words are there. They make sense. She's alive. Um, and she gave one of her kidneys. Yeah. Uh, she had two. Now they've got one each. Jeez. Well, Isn't that going to create an interesting dynamic? Tell me more. In that sister relationship. You've always got that, just you know, there's always just that sense of, well, I did give you a kidney. (laughs) So, you know, every time Christmas comes around, you'd you'd be wanting a pretty good gift, wouldn't you? Yeah, yep. A a gift voucher, that's nice. I mean, I did give you a kidney. So, I don't know if you want to rethink the whole gift voucher situation. I just think there's always going to be a little bit of dynamic there, which is going to be delightful. And they can use that ad nauseum
1: so here's me thinking this is one of the most selfless nah, this, truly this inspirational one of the
0: all-time great power plays truly that's what it is. generous
1: <laughs> and it took rick brown <laughs> to, to turn it
0: i know how siblings work mate and this was just a classic <laughs> power move uh for the sibling to always have the edge oh siblings you've done it again
1: oh Thank you, thank you. I well, I'm. I'm.
0: The kidney gambit is well known <laughs> uh, to give you the upper hand in a sibling relationship.
1: Hashtag kidney gambit. Hashtag <laughs> kidney gate. Uh, we <laughs> apologise to Jane to karen uh, to and involved, louise the surgeons uh, uh, if we've in any way the, underplayed the, the true um gift that this actually was i made a mockery of the whole situation you have but
0: it is my job colin
1: that's true <laughs> you are the leadership of fool uh so <laughs> number four jonathan millen so what do
0: we do we have her insight I can't. Or, oh was, what, or was that just it oh, my insight is i gave her a kidney that's oh, not you, so much an insight as an you, operation
1: thank you rick um because I did I probably, distracted you, Colin. you did <laughs> distract me. So um again, I'll read uh, verbatim around this. The act in itself is amazing. It's an act and gift of life and love. and during all of this she demonstrated everything we teach and coach in our business, vulnerability, resilience, perseverance, humanity towards herself and others. Mm-hmm. How do you feel now, Rick Brown?
0: Yeah, I feel like um, I, I feel like I need to take a good long hard look at myself. Um And if anyone needs a kidney, I'll give it. No, no strings attached. No strings attached. No strings. No <laughs> gambits. Nothing. I've learned a valuable lesson here on the podcast. A very valuable lesson. I take it all back.
1: Jonathan Millen, number four. So Jonathan Millen uses a term I've heard before. In fact, I might even get into this with you, Rick Brown. Um, all right. Feedback versus feed forward.
0: Ooh. I mean, it sounds good, but it's quite confusing. I'm not sure it means anything, Colin.
1: Yes. Well, we'll, we'll reserve judgment just for a moment. Is it the...
0: Is it the if I had to guess, I'd say it's... Uh, because feedback has, I guess, in itself a negative connotation. You're going backwards. So, it's it's the sense that this... Um, this uh, what we're telling you is to propel you forward, not backwards.
1: Let's... Um let me try to do uh, your piece, Justice, uh, Jono. Uh, it's the feed-forward piece. Three-step approach gives gives everyone the ability. So, what? sorry, let's take one step back. It's already He's talking about... Three-step approaches <laughs> a are always st- good. A three-step approach that gives everyone the ability to change perceptions mm-hmm. and improve relationships and outcomes. The step, steps are...
0: Step one, donate a kidney.
1: Choose one behavior mm-hmm. you want to improve on. Okay. Mm-hmm step number two ask your peers and colleagues for suggestions can't get that word out suggestions on getting better Mm -hmm. and number three yes and i suspect this is the key moment okay say thank you oh
0: just a a simple sense of gratitude gratitude is key to a lot of philosophical sort of um uh, uh, ideologies um yeah having that sense of gratitude is a key factor in in happiness uh uh, and a lot of things. you see it all the time. Gratitude, show gratitude, appreciate things. Uh, so that makes sense. Uh, that little that third step is probably much more important than you would ever even imagine.
1: And I think what I'm making sense of is it's probably uh, the the feed forward part is at least the sense of being proactive. Yeah.
0: And so it's feed forward, not so much. So feedback's about uh, getting people's opinions and um, input about what you've done. Uh, or are doing, uh, whereas feed forward is about what you could do, or where you want to head. It's mm, nice. Well, yeah. it could catch on. Hashtag feed forward.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. Um, in fact, let's spend just a fraction more on this. Feedback's been such a uh, a topic that you and I. Uh, And your world of improvisation.
0: Banging on about Uh, it all the time. We
1: bang on about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, I just met a new client, a great new client, over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And within, must have been within 10 minutes, the topic of, we're pretty crap at feedback. Uh Uh, You're not alone We are almost, and this is the dilemma, Mm -hmm. we are too nice as an organization. Yes. What sense do you make out of that one, Rick well, Brown?
0: you can uh, feedback can fit into a in, uh, feedback is in, in itself not a nice thing. Like it can be nice, there can be a niceness attached to it if it's being done in the right way. This is the key about feedback. People have the wrong idea about what feedback is, uh, and 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 I guess the the vibe around feedback has that negative feel to it. Doesn't have to. You can be a nice culture and have a very robust feedback uh, systems in place. Don't be afraid. To be nice about your feedback. All feedback should be seen as nice because you're trying to do something good. Otherwise, you, it's not feedback. It's something else.
1: And you mentioned the word intent. Mm. What did you mean by that?
0: Uh, I don't. I can't remember when I mentioned the word. So I can't give you the context. <laughs> give me. Give me more.
1: So, in the sense of what really matters is the intent behind uh what you're trying to do you know yeah
0: the feedback uh, yeah i mean we always see feedback as something that's to propel you forward so it's, it's something that's to improve uh or to reinforce things that are going well or to change things that are that we're struggling with um and to just shine lights on different areas of our performance um and so the intent behind the feedback is always for improvement um to uh to help uh and so there's never that sense that it is nasty. It it always is seems nice uh, and something that you want, uh, even if it is tough feedback because it's feedback around um, that that feedback. If it's given with the right intent, is going to help us, and we should we should appreciate
1: that. So, um, like a free kidney. That- <laughs> yes. So I uh, let me just pause and sit with this just a fraction longer. I think the challenge for organisations right now is to find a way to normalize this concept of feedback. Um, It's the holy grail. It is. Yeah, and normalizing it is in the spirit of what is actually our intent here. Yep. Uh, If our intent is we want to be a serious learning organization, we just want to always be better, we want to uh, lift performance, behave uh, in a way that is in line with our values and where we want to go as an organization, uh, we want to offer our clients, our customers, an amazing seamless experience, and yet we're not seamless ourselves. All of that sort of stuff. It justifies, at some level, that normalising this, making this just part of the way we do things. Mm-hmm. And yet, history tells us uh, feedback because it's clunky, clumsy, sometimes used for the wrong mm-hmm. reasons. Yes. Uh, if I'm if I'm feeling down on myself, maybe I can, you know, feel better by offering some feedback to someone else. If I'm uh, the, uh, I suppose the performance management system I says I have to do this, Mm -hmm. I offer it in a token way. So normalizing it is the key. And I think there is ways of normalizing pieces. Um, And it's not just about training. Uh, You're you're nodding your head.
0: Yeah, no, everything you're saying is making perfect sense, Colin. That's my feedback to you. Keep it
1: up. All right, all right. Well, I... I'm going to, as a result of this, I'm going to continue. Maybe on our LinkedIn company page, just continue to offer some of my thoughts and your thoughts, particularly Mm. from an impro world, around uh, normalizing feedback. Nuggets. As we have a plane go overhead now in the studio.
0: Mate, it's good to have the sense that the world is still happening around us. We're not stuck in a bubble here recording a podcast on the on the leadership of fools. The world is still a vibrant place full of uh, technology. There's uh, planes in the sky. There's dogs on the ground. There's things happening.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. We're all
0: connected, guys.
1: Number five, Luke Jamison. So Luke acknowledges he might have been a bit late to the party. Well, here's your uh, last minute invitation, Luke. Yeah, we made a whole new party just for you guys. Absolutely, we did. And his his emphasis, or his leadership insight, or his retro for the year: uh, take a chance on your people and give them the room and opportunity to grow. Support them where they need, but challenge them challenge them where they can, uh, where you can. Yeah, so um, I mean
0: that's exactly what we were just talking about in terms of uh, what feedback should be doing. Support them, support and challenge. That's why, uh, and it, this is exactly the same thing he's he's asking you to do. And feedback can be a key part of that. I'm not going to keep hanging on about it, but come on, everyone, get on board. Um, but it's good, it's good insight from uh, from Luke. Support, challenge, back your back your team. I'm liking every I want to be on that
1: team. So has the pendulum, uh, and this is my guess, might the pendulum might have moved too far from the challenging, hugely challenging '90s and maybe early two thousands, like uh, just perform. Yeah, and now we've maybe gone too far on the support. Am I?
0: Yeah, you want balance. Um, I guess that '90s vibe. It was it was an aggressive culture of challenge really wasn't it it wasn't there's there's ways to challenge that aren't that that sort of over the top adrenaline fueled uh make or break situation um it's always got to find that balance this is what um, you know i mean we could we could look to meditation as a key um, i haven't really mined meditation i guess improv and meditation have very similar uh, underpinning philosophies so in many ways mining improvisation for leadership insights is Similar to some mining meditation, but I reckon I could go deeper into it. I might meditate on it. And while I'm meditating, think about it, which is not really meditating. It's more thinking. <laughs>
1: uh, the smile I have on my face is that sense, um, and again, a theater of the mind as you listen to this podcast. I think one, I think one of the things that uh, the listeners out there might reflect on for themselves is we live in a serious case of gray and ambiguity and tension Mm -hmm. so the black and white sense of what is right and what is wrong so support and challenge is a classic example of that it's Mm -hmm. actually and even the word balance doesn't quite cut it for me Mm -hmm. it's like at times you'll bias the pendulum towards i need to offer this person or this team more support yeah and at other times they're ready and robust and need new challenge yeah so, it's your ability to actually move along that continuum. Yeah. Number six, Adam Ferguson. AF. So, Adam uh, joined us as a key host, actually, uh, guest and host for the David Marquet, uh episode. Yeah. And um, he actually revisits some of the lessons from that. He's a bloody superstar. And, in fact, the lesson, uh, he talks a lot about unintended decisions and behaviours, really having an impact on individuals within organisations, particularly having them feel disempowered. And as a result of people feeling disempowered, we often slip towards more command and control. Mm -hmm. And so the piece that really resonated very strongly for Adam, and it's uh, sourced through David's wonderful book and work, is that uh, when you're about to work on empowerment, there are two factors that come first. Clarity and mm-hmm. and say and, thank you, and say oh. thank you. <laughs> clarity and capability.
0: Ooh, I love words that begin words begin with C you have a lot of clout. Clout starts with C. That's
1: right. Yeah, and um, I can only endorse. <laughs> uh, in fact, I just endorse so much the sense of clarity being the number one. Like, mm-hmm. what are we actually here to do? Yeah, uh, clarity so, is key. Cal- yeah, absolutely. What What's the goal? What What's our purpose? What you know? What do we stand for? What What are we about? Um, and there's, you cannot revisit clarity too no, much. No, uh, and always it's, seek clarity. Yep. And it's, it the
0: thing, um, impro, it's the number one thing, going back to improv, it's the number one thing we're always trying to achieve on stage is, is a clarity. And any time things aren't working on stage, it's because there's a lack of clarity around uh, you know, the characters on stage, the relationship, the location. Anything that creates a lack of clarity is, uh, creates tension in an audience. They start to worry about what's happening on stage uh, and what the performers are doing. So as performers, we're always trying to create that clarity for the audience so they can be comfortable. Comfortable starts with C.
1: And is that, um, in fact, that's probably one of the first times you've said that to me. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah. and I'm now, now making sense of it. Is that uh, played out through things like when you talk about uh, working on the obvious? Yeah. So yeah,
0: uh, and responding to each other and being aware um, of the audience experience um, and what what information we've given them. Uh, and whether there's clarity in that, we're always seeking to make, make sure that um, if there's a lack of clarity, we can clarify that for them. And the, audi- the audience is never more satisfied when, than when we provide them with a clarity that they, that they didn't have before. It yep.
1: gives them a thrill. Yep. Now the next one is capability before empowerment. And again, I'll, I'll only back this in um, 100% in the sense of uh, you can work on your leaders, you can work on your teams, you can work on their behaviours, how they interact with each other, how they support each other, how they challenge each other, feedback, all of that piece. And if they don't have the capability to do the job, mm-hmm. um, it's going to result in all sorts of weird behaviours. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, I can only see those things being combined at some level, but it makes sense to me that you would at least feel confident mm-hmm. before embarking on any sense of letting go of control mm-hmm. that the team has absolute clarity and they actually have the capability to do what yep. we're about to do. Yeah, uh, And sometimes that's not your team's fault. It may have been a lack of training. In fact, it could have been uh, poor recruitment processes, yep. uh, but you are setting people up to fail if they don't actually have the capability to do it.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So thank you, Adam, and please revisit that episode. Um, that was a episode I wasn't part of. Rick it was and Colin free. Colin free. It
0: was weird. I mean, it made no sense to me being on the ship without Colin. Oh, thank you. I mean, we got by. I mean, there was a lot of good people on the ship, which helped. But I was, <laughs> I, I felt a little bit lost and alone without, oh. without my first mate. Oh, oh. Oh. But we got through it. We got through it, and in many ways, it was the best episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: right thank you Chris Carroll number seven Chris Carroll sent me a tweet yesterday and it took me a moment to make sense of this in fact I'd argue it took me 24 hours to actually make sense of it so I'm I'm going to pose uh, in some respects Chris's analogy or metaphor Mm -hmm. to you and i'm going to ask you to guess what you think it might mean in the spirit of leadership all right so uh true leadership is the difference between driving a car Mm -hmm. and flying a plane all right so the wonderful chris carroll Mm -hmm. got us thinking difference between driving a car and flying a plane
0: uh, so true leadership is the is the, but which one's the leadership is it the driving the car is no the it's the a plane? flying a plane alright um, well it's um, it's I mean you're using similar mindset I guess uh, in terms of it's you controlling a machine uh, uh, but driving a car I guess is a simpler exercise because um, it's you're 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 dealing with uh, you're, you're you know you're you're on a road. There's less things at play. There's less, um, less directions you can go. There's less things that can go wrong in a car, um, and and all of that. Where it's so, it's it's. I guess flying a plane is like next level driving a car, isn't it? It's like driving the car to the max. It's driving a car that can go up, down, in, out. You can do loops in a plane. Can't do loops in the car.
1: Ah. Uh. I'm trying to make you look good right now, Rick. <laughs> I think there is something there. So let me just cut to the chase with it. Yeah. So Chris's point mm. is that flying a plane mm. requires you to make sense mm. of things from a 360 perspective. It's happening all around you, vertical, horizontal, mm. depth. That's exactly uh, what I said, Colin. I think you did. Yeah, I was Man, hesitating. I
0: basically said... Colin, you've t- you've talked it like I've missed the boat completely. I was basically flying the plane in the same direction as Chris. I'm on the I'm his co-pilot. Uh, no, I guess I didn't phrase it as succinctly. He's got a very good way with words, out Chris <laughs> Carroll. He's um he he can make things sound very very clever um in a way that I've never been able to do, uh, and never wanted to do. Uh, cleverness is not my forte. I prefer it to sound a little bit confusing. Right. <laughs>
1: So to keep going with the metaphor just a fraction further, so he senses driving a car is always on that horizontal plane. Oh, um, I said exactly. And I said car. the word plane <laughs> again. Yeah, I know. Oh, we, we, we are... Oh, sorry. I feel like I haven't listened to you properly, that's Rick. That's
0: all right. Now, you just assumed that I would be off the mark and, um, and you've just gone with that agenda. And I'm, I'm happy to yes Andrew Colin. Okay, thank yeah, but you. But when you listen back to this podcast, I, I, I am you're going, going to, to be embarrassed, lessons.
1: ashamed, uh, and now I, in fact the more I look at this metaphor I think it's actually
0: no you back it in back it in I
1: back it in I back yeah. it in no, no it absolutely there's something to it something quite profound yeah quite profound so uh, number eight hmm.
0: this is the final one Colin
1: it is we've raced through we have we have um, and so let me plant one just off the cuff for you. Oh, I like it. If we do go with a number nine, oh, it what? might be your own reflection from the year. Ooh. But we'll come back to that. There may or may not be a number nine. Question without notice. Yes, because uh, um, these
0: other people had weeks. to think of they this. did. They you did. Just lay it on me with five minutes to go.
1: I'm glad you're an improviser. Mm. Number number eight. We revisit Nat Fien. Oh who um, found it very difficult to only come up with one, so she came up with two. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt extremely comfortable offering this to the world as well, because it culminates, in fact, in some respects, puts this beautiful um, bow around what leadership of fools has meant for us Mm -hmm. over the year. So again, I'll read this one. Communication is the defining factor of a great leader. I say this because I don't think there are any successful, memorable leaders who've been able to be great without effective communication skills. People can be leaders with a vast array of squil- uh, squills.
0: Yep. Squills. Oh, I love a squill.
1: Skills and qualities. See mm. what I did there? Yeah. I combined those two. Perfect. Um, but communication is the one that is a prerequisite, mandatory yep. component for all great leaders. Yep. There are other skills or abilities that might vary from person to person as strengths and weaknesses as an effective leader, but not communication. No, non-negotiable. Effective communication creates connection. And clarity. And clarity. So many C words. So as an emerging leader, if there was something you wanted to work on to be a successful leader, make sure you have communication nailed. It's pretty damn important. Yeah,
0: yeah, non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah. because of all those reasons. Um, Yeah. Effective communication is going to underpin everything that you're trying to achieve. If you and and all of the insights start with communication, like effective feedback is communication, uh, creating clarity, communication. Uh, all of these things. Uh, if you can't communicate your intent, if you can't communicate your message, um, you know you can have the best intentions and the best messages, but you're not going to be able to communicate them, so they're not going to get anywhere. Uh, I wasn't am- able to effectively communicate why. Cars and planes were different, and that's on me. Um, and well... I, you know, that's shone a light on my communi- communication, um, I guess, shortcomings. Uh, but that's something to work on. You give me that feedback, I'm going to come back stronger than ever.
1: And I'm going to also uh, acknowledge that <laughs> I was not listening. Um, <laughs> well, I was... It was one of those, you know, those... Shoot- I say a lot
0: of words, Colin. Yeah. It's true. And, and you can't listen to all of It was of
1: a bit of, of a... It yeah, was a, a pseudo-listen in the yeah, sense yeah. of I was... Listening, then, at the same time, trying to think what you know. What's the next one that's coming up? So yeah, you, you know. So um, yes, I, I, I accept that uh, our communication did break down. Yeah, did break down at number seven, but let's restore it at number eight. I feel like it's already back, baby. And um, just while I can't help but say this, and maybe it is an eight and a half in terms of another half lesson from me. Ooh. one of the things I was really struck by in two thousand and eighteen, mm-hmm. and it's often the simple things that um trap people or trip people up. Uh, the simple difference between what is a message and what is a conversation. Mm-hmm. So um it was amazing how many times I actually illustrated that for people throughout the year and expecting at some level for them to say, well der you know yeah. the old der factor. Like I knew that. Yeah. Uh, and yet people it don't was, say duh enough in business. No, they don't. Right. In fact I don't think they say it at all. Maybe we should bring it back. <laughs> Maybe we should just have... 2019 should be the year of the dirt and see how we go. Yes.
0: See how that affects people.
1: <laughs> so, um, interestingly, it seemed to be one of the more profound things I was saying. Yeah. So you're, that, you're obvious, Colin. Others other people are genius. genius. That's right. Play so, uh, just really quickly, uh, a, a core difference there is a message is a, is a one-way piece where you're really yeah. trying to emphasize understanding. Yep. Uh, it's not a negotiable piece. Yep. Uh, if you're doing compliance training and you're in, in onboarding someone into your organization and you need them to comply with privacy law, uh, that's going to be a message. Mm-hmm. So your emphasis is on you know, what will it take for this person to actually understand this. Yep. Conversation is so fundamentally different. The the
0: It's an exchange of ideas s- where hopefully there's flexibility and adaptability and the ability to compromise uh, on different, you know, ways of thinking
1: and you couldn't have said that any more beautifully Mm. and uh, there is a place for both yeah and uh, I think gotta be able to pivot yes but I think what's happening out there is people because they are confused on those two things they might be fundamentally delivering a message where something's not negotiable and they're thinking the right thing to do is open this up to consultation and that backfires undermines Uh, and the reverse is also true Um, so thank you To Nat Fien and thank you at many levels. Nat actually really helped, not just as a guest on Leadership at Fools, but she uh, really shaped some of the thinking behind it and the philosophy Mm -hmm. behind it. So um, that could be it.
0: Yeah. Do I have a message? I feel like 2018, for me, uh, the thing that I kept coming back to was to take joy in the now, which makes sense in terms of uh, that I'm an improviser, so I deal primarily in the currency of the now. Um, but also applying that to life and the things that I'm doing um, because I feel like we often get caught up in we're heading towards something where we're establishing goals things we want to achieve and we're working towards those so we're we're focused much more on the end game or the end purpose and we're not enjoying the process um, and I think we can instill that sense of also enjoying the process of achieving what we want to achieve that makes um, achieving it so much easier and uh, enjoyable
1: Are you got me thinking just then Mm. Uh, 2018 has also been a year for not just myself but my family our family where we've um, you hear the term decluttering a lot yeah Uh, interestingly our take on decluttering is does something bring us joy yep Uh, and we have a lot of physical things and I look at them and think actually it makes no difference to my life and it could make some difference to someone else's life so we've been quite charitable. Uh, occasionally we've uh, onsold things. How many kidneys uh, you got, Colin? Uh, yes.
0: Hey? Charitable much? Uh, that
1: That is a wonderful callback and perhaps the right moment <laughs> <laughs> to close. <laughs> so, Rick Brown. Colin. That's the sequel.
0: It was not too, not too shabby. I mean, the dog liked the start of the podcast but really lost interest halfway through. Yes. Um, I guess we were talking about things that no longer were of interest to a dog. <laughs> Which could be a good thats could be a good recommendation. <laughs>
1: yes. uh, very much in the now of the dog. <laughs> uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, I, I've been delighted with the amount of uh, contributions to leadership insights. Please keep them coming. Yeah,
0: well done, shipsters. yeah well, all right. Yeah, you're you know absolutely so. all right. <laughs> you
1: absolutely all right and we'll uh, we'll sign off for now. Farewell. Thank you.